Now the shotgun start in golf is full of mathematics. Um, there's a lot of a lot of setup work that we have to do in order to make a tournament work. So I'm going to demonstrate to you just exactly how we do a shotgun start here. And here we go. All right, all right, all right. Gentlemen, start your Greetings and welcome to a Friday edition of the Shotgun Start. It is January 14th. Andy, how we doing? Brendan, I'm doing great. It's Friday. We're here. We're uh, we're through another week of January. That's always a good thing. And, uh, you know, on to the weekend. On to the NFL playoffs. Yep. On to uh, the weekend of Sony. Three-day weekend, holiday weekend. We got the Sony Open, late-night Hawaii golf. You've got six playoff games from Saturday afternoon to Monday night. Uh, your boy, Jim Furyk, who I think is playing the Sony just as a warm-up for Wailai, the Mitsubishi. Wailai. Wailai. Is shooting 62 with the hole-in-one. Uh, so, yeah, I think it's going to go deep all weekend at Sony Open. I watched a lot of ESPN+. Plus. Uh, it's still a little soft. Not not as soft as they thought at the start of the week, but uh, I think there'll be some low scores. We'll see. See what happens there. Uh, Kevin Na charging his way. Do we have Jerry Kelly? Do we have a Jerry Kelly? He's even through 15, which, you believe it or not, is good enough for T88. So not not where he needs to be, but there's still, you know, he's got 20 holes left. As, a loose as of end to tie up. You know, we were, uh, we were, I was wondering about Australians playing better in Hawaii potentially and uh, our, our chief data officer of the of uh, shotgun start John Ezekwitz, uh told me he looked into it short answer no no <laughs> initial findings that my hunch <laughs> my hunch is uh, not correct so <laughs> there you go um, all right well this is gonna be a little bit of a different Friday show we were fortunate enough to get uh, two folks instrumental in the news of the week maybe the news of i don't know the month year could be the news, news of the decade golf. for for golf you know really what do you think know. about uh just that that the people behind f1's drive to survive the pga tour vox media studios are making a similar i don't know documentary series show on the pga tour we've obviously had heard about it as, as a a leak, an unconfirmed report, or you know, it was a report that wasn't confirmed by the tour in September, and now it's official. The tour is offering press releases. Dylan DeShare had a pretty detailed report on it. There's names associated with it. We have all five families in men's golf buying in Augusta National, RNA, USGA, PGA, PGA Tour. Um, and it's a big deal. It's, I mean, I was very excited about the prospects of it. You know, in, in this interview is with Chad Mum, who's a Vox Media, uh, <clears throat> who's, I think, more or less uh, instrumental. He's a golf fan. Like, he's a golf nut. He, he's on, in golf Twitter. He, he reads played, golf. He played high golf. school. Played high school golf, you know. Instrumental, I think, in pulling all these parties together, this idea of getting off the ground. Um, and, and that's a massive accomplishment. And then Paul... Uh, Martin, who is the founder of Box to Box uh, Productions, he's done. He does the Drive to Survive. He's an ex executive producer of Drive to Survive. He's documentaries, and, and we'll introduce them in the interview. So we were lucky to get them uh, fortunate and grateful for their time to talk about 
where exactly the series is going and, and the process of getting it, getting the canvas to paint on that they have now. Uh, what was your reaction when you saw the report? The list of uh, names. The I thought the list of names was incredible. Obviously, there's a few that are missing that you might like to see, but overall, like I didn't expect the list to be as good as it was. And um, I think, it, you know, I think from my, I think everybody who's covered the sport of golf's hesitation, uh, cynicism around this would be, you know, with the tour. But it seems, you know, from all signs that the tour is is very open to this this concept and actually eager for it to be kind of unvarnished and authentic, which I don't think, you know, I don't think somebody of Paul Martin's stature would be doing it if it wasn't that way. Yeah, yeah. He, he He's not, I yeah, I don't want to put anyone down, but he's not signing up to do like, some PR social media video or, or anything like that. Yeah, it's it's hopefully. Should I mean, talking to him, players, we're encouraged. In I was going to read them off. Yeah. yeah, Abe answer. This is alpha order. Answer Burger Champ Jolie D Tony Finau Fitzy. So Chicago boy, would be very very happy. The they had, they locked down that they locked down that big demographic, that big city demographic with Fitzy. Netflix subs going up in the Chicagoland era area. <laughs> Uh, Tommy Fleetwood, Ricky Fowler, Sergio Garcia, Harry Higgs, Max Homa, a couple social media darlings, Higgs and Homa, Victor Hovland, DJ, which is interesting, and I was surprised and encouraged by that one, Brooks Kepka, who was apparently, um, yeah, apparently already filmed, and, and I think in the Deschere article it said it was amazing. He had a couple great minutes uh, when he when he when they did his first interview. Colin Morikawa, Kevin Na. Mito Pereira, good one. Ian Poulter, Xander, Spieth, JT, and Bubba. Just a great group. It's like one of those, such a big group that you start looking, well, like, who's not there? And not to say, like, they missed people, but it's it's like they got almost everyone, it feels like. Phil, Bryce, and Rom, I think, were the ones that people threw Rory. out there. Rory. Rory, it's got to be a golf pass thing, right? I think he's probably tied. It has to, golf to be. Pass, um, which, which is crazy. Yeah, so... Um, just my guess. I don't know. Golf. Rory could have said no because he didn't yeah. want to. But who, I thought who watches Golf Pass? <laughs> All right, let's not go down that road. I know. Honestly, this <laughs> is a question. I've never met anybody. That has ever said any. I'm, right. I'm around all golfers right. all the time. Drive by. I've never, okay. never met somebody that said anything to me about golf pass ever. <laughs> Not once. I'm that my life is spent I, around golfers. I yeah. I'm if somebody, I, I, if somebody that listens to this can lead, lend some insight into golf pass, I'd love to hear about it. I'm genuinely curious. This is a so, question of curiosity. All right. But anyways, golf uh, Who are you most? Buried. I'll, I'll, who are you most surprised oh. isn't on this list? And I have mine in the holster ready to go. I'm actually, actually absolutely shocked that one player isn't on this list. Well, one more thing. I missed Keita, Keita Nakajima. I oh, should yeah. add him because he was separate. He's the number one amateur in the world. Chad, will, they'll talk about that and how cool that'll As be. As of right now, might. three under on his day at Sony. Ah, there we go. Sounds like they're going to get some, hopefully get some good stuff of him at Augusta National. Uh, who am I most shocked is not here? Is that yes. your question? Not on the list. I don't know. I didn't consider this. Um, I guess maybe a little bit of Ron, maybe? I don't know. Wolf, Matthew Wolf. Maybe I figured he would be, the, he seems to be a kind of a darling of this, this kind of brash, let's show the new era. Uh, Matthew Wolf might be one. 
but what about you? Where's Billy Boy? I've missed the elephant in the room. <laughs> Where is Billy Horschel? I I might have to send, you know, now that we've talked to Paul, I might have to send him a note to say, is it too late not to get Billy Boy in there? Well, they probably requested that he ring the bell before he speaks, before his interviews start, right? Every time he comes on screen, he's ringing the bell to make proclamations and announcements. Maybe he's a big, big football fan. Come to terms on that. I don't know, the West Ham, yeah, maybe that got him bounced, you know? Um, that's a good one. He is a, I, I don't know. At some point, maybe I can t- see Maybe what- they didn't call him like Steve Strucker and he's going to take it personally all year. I can see <laughs> Yeah, I forgot about that. I can see sort of what they're doing, right? They've got, it's a good collection. They've got like a Mita Pereira, a Jolie D, a Higgs, a Homa, and then five of the top center of the world, Ryder Cup players. Ricky, who you'll hear is apparently earliest adopter, adapter, whatever that term is, jumped on board. Uh, so it's like, a, it's a good cross-section. You got some diversity with, with young, old. Uh, so it is a good group. I think, honestly, like you need characters. You need characters for the show. Like, if you don't have a bunch of guys, it doesn't work. Kind of disappointed Zatch isn't on the list either. Zatch isn't on the list? Yeah. Why? What I would just that think, do? you know, guy that's just in the twilight of his career, irrelevant, you know. Mate, he, would get, he would lock down the Iowa vote, you know. I don't know about that. Um, anyways, but I was going to say, they have the characters, but I think as an amazing accomplishment to me, is that they have all the organizations. They're going to film oh, at the Augusta. Open. They're going to film at Augusta. It's, that's crazy to me that the only time the five families come together is for some, like, I don't know, grow the game PR thing, right? Like, yeah. never for some other outside media production. I think that is really enticing to me. You know, I, I assume a lot of footage hey. will be captured at PGA Tour events, um, but having those other ones is, is fantastic. The the thing too is just the, you know, the actual willingness to do something out, not necessarily. I guess it's not super out of the box, but like to do something cool, yeah, and let somebody do something cool and different, yeah, is something I mean, that I'm just so happy about. I I think I mean what what I said earlier, like this could be something like that makes the decade for golf. Like this is. If this works out well, it could, you know, it could grow the game. <laughs> to provide some balance, why why might it not work? I mean, I, it I seems think, like I, I, we're not trying to drink Kool-Aid here. But I, I think, I I, well, you know, it's, it's if the characters don't pan out. If, uh, sure. you know, I think one of the things that it, I think you've got some diversity in, in the stories of, of the players that they've selected, which is going to help a lot, you know, in, ha- having having a Tony Finau story in there. Um, but like, I think like, you know, dial tone syndrome is, is the thing that could, <laughs> that could, you know, yeah. keep, hold this back. I mean, what do you, uh, that I, the I, dial tone and, and agents and, and, uh, and the tour really. Yeah. It seems like the, t- the tours are going to have their hands in it too much. I worry about agents a little bit. I mean, editorial control. I, I don't know what that like, means Netflix has the final cut, Paul has the final cut, but it can some guy really lean on them, suggest things? I don't think that happens. I'm not involved in that. And from what I understand, like what they were saying, like they're they're Paul's very encouraged by what they're seeing. Get in. They they they're gonna Drive to Survive is dynamite and it seems like 
the tour players, these guys that are signed up are giving them some good good shit. I think that was the, that's the biggest thing is that they yeah, have something to point to is that it, as like this is why you you should want to do it. Uh, all these players like you know they have a lot to gain because if you come out of this show as one of the stars, your your popularity is going to be you know elevated so much and and what that means is dollars in your pocket i think that's like the big opportunity that these players see is is a chance for them to become more mainstream you look at like max home is a golf twitter darling but this is you know and he goes on part of my take um but like for him to become like elevate to a true true superstar where you have millions of followers you know this is you know an opportunity to get to that type of status the thing with Drive Survive is like, yeah, it's, it's gone beyond people. I didn't know shit about F1. And I still kind of don't watch it. I try to watch it, but I know the player. I, I know the characters, right? And yeah, if you're a Max Homa, there's probably not a, there's probably a massive audience out there that doesn't know golf that might be introduced to somebody like Homa. And it does seem like the success of obviously Drive to Survive is, is just opened up you know, probably the players to be more open and open up the tour to be more open to it. So... Um, anything else? What, I mean, is there something in the last like five years where you wish this would have existed that, that happened? Like, uh, for me, I can think about 2019 Pat Reed, it's gotta be like a Reed thing. And then they just pull these guys on camera and they go off on Pat Reed. Thumb I mean, that, that that be, cause they, they were, or, they were at the hero. Yeah. Well, this, yeah, that was Dylan's report was that they were at this past hero, but. The 2019 hero. Well, like I, I think Lass, like that would be an awesome episode. I, I, I mean, Mystic Tigers Masters win. Yeah, yeah, that was a good show. That I, I think, like just in general, uh, it would have been cool if they had Tigers come back twenty, you know, winning 2018 Tour Championship through the Masters. Like this guy coming out of you know, yeah, when everybody thought he was done. That's that's a very obvious one. The other one is like the Brooks Kepka major run with him. It would have been really interesting to see what other players were saying about Brooks during that time, where he's not sure. winning any tour events and but he goes to these majors and just whoops on people. Um, I I think like you know those are the ones like uh, Spieth Spieth downturn would be super interesting. Yeah, you know, been a good yeah good arc story arc yeah, yeah like uh like if you if you think about like that's the i you know if we get five six seasons i don't know how you know we probably should have asked something like if if this is a success like how many seasons do you go for but if we get like that i think is going to be one of the if it works and it goes multiple seasons what we'll be able to see is is just the variability of of golf and i think like psychologically getting a little glimpse behind how these players feel when they're in a rut. And, you know, maybe Ricky, maybe Ricky's our guy here. Yeah. Yeah. That it's a, it's a, it's a critical opportunity for Ricky and moment. I, I think, yeah, for him to be, to see him outside of the commercials and outside of the saying of a something. Course. Yeah. Yeah. Could At, be interesting. Could, Anyways, could be nice to just hear something of substance. From Those Drive to Survive episodes are so great with some of the drama and controversy. I tell you, the Reed ones would be absolute firecrackers. Anyways, but I mean, the, the exercise... Did, that, you, that see, exercise did you see was, that data golf uh, off topic about Reed? Did you see that data golf chart that they posted about his, no. driving, his driving distance? It's just like going into the shitter. 
Wait, just based off Kapalua? Or no, just, just in like the last year few years. Trend. Okay. Right. Like, I didn't tweet, know if it was a PXG tweet, thing or not. No, the okay. tweet was dri- Patrick Reed's driver's driving distance is not trending in the right direction. <laughs> Anyways, we do that exercise to be illustrative that there will be things this season, I think, that they'll get. They don't be great. I, I, I don't want to say I'm completely sold on it, but talking to them was super encouraging and promising. So shall we get to it? Anything else you want to say before we sign off for the week? No. No, just have All a great right. weekend. Enjoy enjoy right. the holiday. Um, have a great weekend, and uh, we'll talk to you Monday after you listen to this uh, interview. Let's get to uh, Chad and Paul. Thanks again for their time. All right, we are now joined by Paul Martin, the founder of Box to Box Films, the executive producer of Drive to Survive, producer of many other documentaries on Ronaldo, Maradona, of many subjects, and Chad Mum, the head of entertainment at Vox Media Studios. Uh, they, for our purposes, they are sort of the men that have brought this uh, PGA Tour Netflix to be named at a later date series to life. Then um, the big news this week. First of all, Chad, Paul, thank you for joining us. Great to be here. Great to be here. Good to meet you guys. Uh, so this is this has kind of stormed the golf world, right? The, the somewhat sleepy golf world uh, is sort of riveted by just the potential of what this could be, by the news that it's existing and happening. Um, I got to ask you guys, when did you, Chad, when did you feel like this was actually going to happen? I know... Personally, I, I knew you at Vox Media myself. I know you've been doing this for many years. I, I know the show doesn't exist yet, but the fact that it's happening, I consider it to be a major accomplishment on your behalf. So, But when did you feel like this was actually going to happen? Um, so it's interesting. This, this project has been three years in the making, almost to the day that we're recording this podcast. Um, a week ago, three years ago, I was at CES and uh, I played around the golf with some of the folks on the PGA Tour media team, including Chris Wandell, who's the VP on the media team there. And on the first tee, we talked about this idea and that the time was right for golf to, to do this kind of immersive storytelling and to, to really go there. And, uh, you know, the tour had new leadership and, you know, it felt like there was an appetite to really tell an authentic story, you know, and, and to really go there with some of the players. And, and so, you know, from that moment, like we started putting it together and it was a long process of like getting the tour was actually totally on board from the very beginning, you know, the, the, with doing it right and doing it real, having it be unfiltered. Um, and, but, you know, so once the tour came on board, it was great, but as you all know, like we had to get the players on board because they, you know, they, the tour is not going to, you know, can't make them do it. And, and the first player to see us was, was Ricky Fowler. And, uh, and then shortly followed by Justin Thomas and Tony Finau and Cameron Champ. And from there we started building some momentum and, and putting this all together. And I think it really became real for me over the summer uh, when Netflix um, got really serious about it. And it started to move forward really quickly at Netflix Um and I remember, like, there was one night where they're like, hey, we think this could be, this is, we think we're ready to get going. And we just had a few more questions. And I stayed up till like four in the morning, brewed a pot of coffee at midnight, and like rewrote the entire deck uh, and, and sent it over the next morning. And then by that five o'clock that night, you know, I got the, the call that like, all right, we're in, let's do it. And then Paul and I met um, a few, maybe a few weeks after that, because obviously, you know, Drive to Survive's hugely successful series, incredible show. And 
Netflix, you know, has a great relationship with Paul and, and James, you know, who's his partner and uh, just said, you know, would you just sit down with them? Like if there's any interest in maybe just even meeting them and maybe they could help and, and bring some of their expertise and some of the things they've learned from making Drive to Survive, you know, now their fourth season. Um, and so we had a great meeting in LA and like from the moment one, you know, we sat down and I think Paul or James, one of the first things they said was like, we love the idea that every, you know, not just golf fans, but non-golf audiences, like everybody has this picture in their head about what professional golf is. And we want to like subvert that expectation in the first like five minutes of the show and just completely flip the script on what you expect this to be. And that, and that was like five minutes into our conversation. And I was like, Oh, here we go. You know, here we go. So it was real when I got that call from Netflix, but, but like when we had that dinner, I left that night and was, it was like, here we go. Like we can do this thing. We can do it right. So I don't know. That's when it was real to me. Talk. I mean, it's quite the orchestration with all the different parties involved, you know, Netflix, and then you have the tour, but then you have the players also, which is such a unique situation compared to, you know, working with maybe other sports leagues, you know, that have, you know, players under contract. Yeah. I mean, honestly, um, once, once, you know, Paul and James got involved and, and box to box got involved like that, that made the player conversations a lot easier, honestly, because a lot of those guys are fans of that show. And, and, you know, some of the drivers on formula one have, have friendships with some of the tour players. And, and so, you know, they all started talking to each other and some momentum started building. Also, once Netflix came on board, you know, that's Netflix is a big name and, and people, you know, understand what these kind of docs look like on Netflix, you know, thanks to Paul and, and so, you know, started picking up momentum and, um, you know, there was a, a leak about the show at the tour championship where, you know, some reporters had reported that, you know, it was in the works and that it was happening. And I think that, you know, raised the awareness on, on the player front even more where it started to feel really real for the players knowing that this was coming, you know, in the, in the next season. And, and so, you know, the, the players get it, you know, they really get like, they watch that. They watch Drive to Survive. They, they love these shows. You know, they're sports fans too. And so the idea that we can come into their lives and into their profession and tell it like authentically, you know, like that's been the promise to the players is like, we want you to watch the show at the end of this and, and turn, turn back, call us and be like, you guys got it. Like, that's what it's like. That's really what it's like. Um, and, and, you know, it's all about trust and, and, you know, they're trusting us to, you know, do their stories authentically and, you know, the good, the bad, the dramatic, the exciting, the everything in between, you know, we just, we want it to feel real. We want it to be real. Um, Paul, we've talked a lot about, we've cited drive to survive quite a bit. How you, you, there was a line in the golf.com report that some filming was done already at the hero world challenge. Um, how do you feel like, this might compare or be similar to that drive to survive show that's captivated and mm. certainly the American audience. And how do you think it might diverge from that? I think it's an interesting question. I think it's, I think that's, that's what we're wrestling with and that that's what we're going to wrestle with across, you know, this show, because I think what, you know, we're as producers, um, we're not, they're looking to replicate everything that we've done on Drive to Survive because they're completely different worlds, completely different athletes, completely different, you know, geography, frankly. You know, a paddock is almost like a, 
it's almost like a sitcom set, you know, it's like Seinfeld's flat or, you know, the sofa in friends, you know, it's, it's there every two weeks and you know where all your characters are going to be. And, and golf's different, you know, golf. I think when we went to the, we went to the tournament in, in Atlanta, just as a, you know, as a first golf tournament I'd ever been to. And I was just like, holy shit, like, this is massive. Like, how are we going to, how are we going to manage this? Like just the resources of, you know, uh, it, it was quite overwhelming and, and and the number of players and you know all that stuff so they're, they're, it's a completely different animal but i think that what it has is that it has elite athletes you know engaging in you know warfare you know that in the same way as formula one drivers go at it you know these golfers go at it you know and, and i think that they're what what I've been excited about is the little time that I've spent in this world and, and the little bit we started to get to know some of our, you know, some of our participants is, you know, they want to win, man. They really want to win and they want to beat each other up and they want to, you know, they, they want to, they want to look and say, Hey, why is that guy winning? And I'm not winning because I'm a better player than that guy. And I'm, and I just think that that stuff's fascinating. Like when you can boil it down and you can see these, you know, you can see these guys just going at it and really, you know, really being honest about what it takes to be a professional golfer and the hours that they've put in from five, six years old. You know, I think it's just, I think people are going to, people are definitely going to see golf in a completely different way because I've started to, you know, the, the opinion that I had coming into it, you know, as Chad said, when we had that first dinner in LA and we were like golf and, and at that point we're like, yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously there's something interesting there and then you're in it. And then, you know, when you're, when you're sat down with Brooks or Colin or J- JT, you know, you're like, wow, you know, this is, people are going to love this. People are going to lap this up golf fans because I think, you know, we've already seen some of these guys are, are, are talking about the game that I've never heard them talk about it in that way. So I think golf fans are, are, are going to get a kick out of it. And I think no, non-golf fans are just going to be like, I had no idea. I had no idea that world was, was like this. And I had no idea that I would care so much about, you know, someone's golf swing. Because I promise you, when we get to the end of the series, they, they will. Mm-hmm. What would you say when you said it was massive and the idea that this was such a, you know, it, it was such a big undertaking? Are you talking about how big the courses, uh, you know, the idea of like out on the golf course and with all the holes and all the players? I think all of it. I think all of it. Like the, 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 the Formula One paddock is almost, you know, it's so well contained. It's so self-contained. You know, the rhythm of that sport is, you know, you rock up in a you rock up in a country on a Thursday um, you know, or, or the drivers rock in on a Thursday, you know, the rhythm of what they do on a Thursday into the Friday when they start, you know, practice one, practice two, practice three on a Saturday morning, qualifying, race at three o'clock on a, on a, on a Saturday. And you know, you know, I know, I know exactly where Lewis Hamilton's going to be over the course of a Formula One weekend at all times. Whereas this, you know, you've got a multitude of players coming in at different times all staying in different areas, interacting in different ways. And so I think it's just huge in, in all those ways. The geography of a of a golf course versus the geography of a, a Formula One paddock. Um, the sheer number of, you know, participants in a golf event versus 20 drivers in Formula One. So it's just a completely different, you know, set of metrics that, that we're dealing with and, and we have to get our head around. 
Uh, you, Chad mentioned that line about flipping the sport like on its head. Do you feel like what you've seen and and acquired or, or so far is is started to achieve that goal and think you'll be able to do that? Yeah, I think so. I think it's um, I think golf is like it, it genuinely is a bit cooler than people think it is. You know, I think there's just there's, uh-huh. there's still this image of you know. Look, I grew up in an era. I bored Chad census with my you know how much I used to love Nick Faldo, right? Listen, and as great a player as he was, not the most interesting, you know, coolest cat around, you know, but I loved him, like loved Faldo. And, and, you know, but these guys, you know, Colin and Brooks and, you know, Ricky and, you know, Tony Finau, like they've, they've got, just got a bit of swagger about them and genuine, not just like, oh, they're sports people. So they're cool. Like genuinely, like if you, you know, if you hung out with them, You'd be like you'd you'd have a good night out with them. You know what I mean. You'd you'd want to spend time with them. So I think that I think people are going to be surprised at that because I think you know I think a lot of people still see that older era of golf um, and they're still kind of hanging on to that. And so I yeah I'm I'm really excited about it because I've I've sort of gone in and I'm like yeah I, I, not only do I want to make this show but I'd love I'd love to go for a beer with Brooks Kopka. You know, I'd love to go for a beer with, you know, Tony and I don't know if Tony drinks, but, um, you know, <laughs> but yeah, it's that kind of feeling. And, and, and I don't think people th- will think that way. You know, they're just going to think our oh, golfers is a bit, it's a bit boring. And all they do is swing a club and walk around the park, you know, and get big checks, you know, mm-hmm. and it, and it's, and it's so much more to, to it than that. And, and, and they're okay. You know, there are a bunch of guys where you're like, yeah, you guys are, you know, I like you guys, and I think the audience is going to like you guys. The F one seen kind of an explosion in popularity with the uh, with the TV show or the Netflix series Drive to Survive. Do you do you think the players uh, have seen that, and that has made them kind of extra excited to share their stories and be more open to this this type of uh, you know uh, filming and and you know authenticity that you guys are talking about. I think so. I mean, I, yeah. I mean, we, we know so. I mean, we had a Chad and I had a um, had a Zoom with Brooks Kupka before Christmas, and he came on and he was like, "Yeah, you know, I've watched the show. I think it's great." Well, my mates have watched the show; they think it's great. So, yeah, let's do it. And you were just like, and I came off and I like said to my wife, "I was like, oh my god, like, Brooks Kupka's watched Drive to Survive. It's brilliant. Like, it's like a, like a kid. Like, you know, you're like because you make me like, honestly, you know." And people think that this is just, you know, us sprouting a line, but we make these, you, you, you know, the channel, channel would say the same thing. Like you, you make these things and you have no idea like who's really watching and how many people are watching. And, and then when, when someone comes up to you, you know, be it a professional golfer or be it just some, you know, person in the street and they're like, Hey man, we saw your show. Like love that show. It's great. It's, it's why we do it. You know, it's why you do it. And and so the fact that people have seen Drive to Survive and, and have viewed it as an audience and liked it is amazing. And then the fact that they then, it makes them say, hey, if you were to come into our world, we'd do something like that because we think that's pretty cool. You're like, really? That's, that, you know, it blows me away. It's really, you know, it's quite humbling. It's quite, you know, it, it's just quite an amazing experience to, to you know, Colin Morikawa, you know, turned up and was like, yeah, I love drive drive. Let's go. Let's get in that chair. You know, let, let's go. Let's do the interview. And you're like, oh, my God, this is, 
you know, just, you, you know, I'm a massive sports fan, so I still get giddy around sports people, you know, because I love it. I just love sports people. I love being around it. I love listening to what they have to say. I love, I love them breaking it down where you go like, oh, yeah, well, of course. I love being able to then go and watch them and have a different perspective on it. And, you know, and, and so this, you know, Drive to Survive is, has meant that we can talk to sports people in a way that I don't think you could before Drive to Survive came along for whatever reason. You know, I think it's, 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 given, it's given people, you know, almost a, almost a license to be themselves. And for a long time, I think sports, you know, sports tried to, to turn athletes, you know, tried to almost kind of take the character away. And I think that what Drive to Survive did, it put the character back at the heart of sport. And then other sports have gone like, well, that's, that's what we should do with our athletes. Because it's all about the athletes at the end of the day. Any sport, it's all about those guys. And if you can get under the skin of them, people are going to be, people are going to, people are going to just, you know, people are just going to react to it in a way that, that they won't with, with, with some of the other stuff. Well, I think that's like, you know, you think about the best TV shows out there. People fall in love with the characters and the character development. And it's the same, same my premise is that athletes, the more open and the more character they show, the more people are going to fall in love or become bigger and bigger fans. And that's going to drive popularity. Yeah, I, sure. I guess dovetailing with that, though, first for Chad and then Paul, I mean, every. It's almost universal excitement, anticipation, but I suppose the cynics have jumped in and said, you know, the tour will kind of choke this off. Because what Paul just said, golf has generally, historically not been a sport where you get under the skin, right? There's agents who manage, there's the tour who has kind of been averse to, you know, it's just not a sport that embraces controversy as much as some other sports. But the cynics, that's been the hesitancy. Um, the tour will kind of choke this down, Um or, or the agents will, you know, anything that threatens sort of the lily white brand of some of these players uh, may mitigate what the authenticity of the show. What's been the experience of like that, working with some of those parties? I mean, I'll, I'll say that like from the minute that this show became an idea, that was at the heart of it. Th th in order for it to be what it really could be, it had to be authentic and it couldn't be filtered through you know, the, the lens of that brand and the tour like never had to be convinced of that. And I know like, you know, obviously like I'm a huge golf fan and a huge golf nerd. I read it all. I follow all you guys and everybody else. And I listen to all the podcasts and like, I understand that cynicism, but like, and I, and I understand that people would be like, I don't know if they believe me when I say it, but the tour really did get that from the minute one. I never had to convince them that for this to be successful, it needed to be real and it needs to be unfiltered. And I really credit like Chris Wandell at the tour for being that internal champion and running, you know, traffic, being traffic cop internally to make sure that this actually did get the space it needed to be what it is and, and does get the space that it needed. But it goes all the way up to Jay and like his understanding of, of like to do this right, it has to be real. And, you know, we, we had a conversation with Jay at the tour championship and like the first thing out of his mouth was like, go make a great show. You know, and they're not going to stand in the way. And, and you know, and, and Netflix, you know, Dylan, like, got a comment. Dylan Detier, uh got a comment from the tour. It's like, they don't have editorial control. And, like, we're the producers. Like, that rests with us. And, and we have 
full license and buy-in to, to do the real story and to tell it right. And, um, and that's a, you know, that's a humbling and, and, um, it's kind of a humbling thing to be trusted with that, but everybody's on board. And I think that like the players know, you know, they've seen these shows, they understand that they kind of are going to get out of it as much as they put into it. So for them, it's like the more they lean in, the more they're going to get out of, Mm. out of doing this. And, um, so it's been, we've had really no resistance on that front. I mean, it might be surprising to say that, but we really haven't. And, um, and people are really ready to like, show what it's really like, you know, and, and to let us inside, which has been really great. I think the PGA have just, I think they've realized what a lot of, you know, sports realize that the audiences are just a bit smarter than, than, you know, perhaps, you know, people give them credit for is that they see through that stuff. They see through the hand, they see through the control in hand, they see through the, the narrative that, you know, that you're being force fed rather than the, the authenticity. And I think that that, you know, probably is, you know, uh, the, the, you asked about, you know, the impact of Drive to Survive. And I think the impact of Drive to Survive was that that was a show where Formula One, who had been, you know, probably the most, one of the most controlling kind of organizations under, you know, under Bernie Eccleston and, and the new leadership at Liberty, led by kind of Sean Bratches and Chase Carey when they came in, you know, they had enough sense to realize we need we need this to be authentic and in order for it to be authentic we need to let someone else take control of it and and make it and show what's really there and and so then i think the success of that made made the other sports and and made the pga go actually if we genuinely if we want to drive to survive in that we want to show that that has a you know has a really positive impact on the sport and and the golfers like we have to we have to let these guys get on with it. And, and as Chad said, you know, the, the PGA, they've been amazing, you know, right up to Jay where we had a conversation where, you know, they're, they're in this and, and, you know, they're letting us get on with it and they're letting us drive it editorially. And, you know, hopefully they're going to like what they see, but, you know, I'm sure there'll be some uncomfortable moments for, for everyone. Cause guess what? Life's uncomfortable. And, and, you know, it, it's kind of what happens. It's authentic. And I think that that's, that's, that's the only guarantee that we make is like, look, we will make an authentic portrayal of what this world is like. And, and we, you know, we promise that everyone will get to the end of it and they'll see it and they'll go like, that's what it's like. That's what it's like to be a professional on this tour. And, and like I say, there'll be ups and downs and, that there'll be moments where people squirm slightly in their seat of like, oh, I wish they hadn't shown that, as we have on Formula One every year. But it won't seem so bad when it comes out. That's that's all I can say. <laughs> it's always with the with the benefit of time and, and distance. Those those moments that you are like, oh my god, you, there's no way you guys could show that. It sort of gets reduced to a shifting in my seat uncomfortably when I watch it of like oh my god I was a bit of a dick there or I should have said that I should have done that but you know what whatever because he did it as well and he did it as well and we're all in this together so you know who cares and I think that's what's great about these shows because it's not a single player follow doc so it's not a play not one player has to carry the weight of it it's like they're all they're all in it together and they're all going to see oh my god did you see what Tony Finau did or oh my god I can't believe JT, you know, when he won that tournament and he did, you know, what he did, you know, they, they get a kick out of seeing what the other players do in similar situations to, to them. So, you know, hopefully everyone's, uh, everyone's happy with it at the end. 
Chad, a uh, couple questions there. Um, you talked about sort of Ricky and JT being sort of early, early yeses or adopted. Was there a player um, when you're walking out of the meeting where the smile was like a little beggar, like one of the harder ones to chase? Or you, if you can talk to that, that you were really satisfied, a guy agreed. And then secondly, kind of dovetailing with that, what was Augusta Nationals' response? So it's like outside of the players, I think the fact that all four major championship organizations are involved is a huge accomplishment. But what was Augusta Nationals? Yeah, response? It, it, I think I think there was a lot of shock when you know it, the whole doc. Everybody's excited, but then you see Augusta National on there with the list of players, and everybody's like, "Whoa!" <laughs> so yeah, couple, I mean, a lot there. What, who was yeah. a particular hard one to bag, and then Augusta Nationals' response. I mean, every player is uh, my favorite. Uh, <laughs> oh, uh, what a political answer. <laughs> um, but there were definitely some of those conversations when, you know, when I got that email or the phone call from the agent saying like, okay, you know, he's in that I was like doing fist pumps. And, um, you know, Paul referenced a certain Zoom that we had um, that, that, was, that felt like, okay, this is like, we really are making some progress here and like, there's going to, this is going to be awesome. Um, but you know, we have a, we do have a great list. I mean, with five of the top seven players in the world and like all of those players, you know, they understand what this is. They really do. Like nobody's like forced into it, you know, and they all like see what it can be. And they, they really are like affirmatively like opting in, you know, and, and want to bring people into their lives. And, and that's been really cool. Honestly, with Augusta, it was like, you know, they, they've been doing a lot. You know, I don't know if you saw like the one in November and some of the stuff they've done on their own. Like they, they've been opening up the door there a little bit more for filmmakers and for, for telling different kinds of stories. And, you know, when, when um, those conversations first started with the majors, you know, they were the first to say yes. Like they were the first to say we're in, you know, and they had, they, they, they also watched Drive to Survive and they've seen, you know, the way that storytelling is done and they, they got it, like kind of got it from the very beginning. And, you know, I give a lot of credit to Augusta National for, for sort of making it okay for the rest of the majors to say like, yeah, we're okay. And, you know, you look at the schedule, but, and they've all been great, like in their own, you know, the PGA of America, the RNA, the USGA, Augusta National, like they all came together to do this. Like, and, and that, I think that like, not enough has been said about sort of how unprecedented that actually is, that they all are working together with the PGA Tour to do something like this that's bigger than any of the one entities. That's like bigger, you know, it's, it's about like the whole of the sport and, and to tell an authentic portrayal of what it's like out there, you know, inside the ropes. And um, so, you know, it was surreal. Like it was surreal to be on a Zoom with like someone's name, like, in parentheses, Augusta National. It was like a surreal moment, you know, like it's like that's as a Georgia boy, that to me was like, that was the coolest moment of the whole thing. Like just getting on that Zoom and it's like, oh my God, Augusta National is on a Zoom with me. Like I'm sitting here in LA and I'm like dying inside. Like I just want to ask like the nerdiest questions, you know, about Augusta National, totally unrelated to this like discussion we're having about the show. But like, you know, man, they got it from day, they got it from the very beginning. They totally understood. And, you know, they did they, they, they were awesome and they get it and, um, and they're excited and, you know, and, and we're going to be following, you know, the number one amateur in the world, Kaita Nakajima, you know, that's really important to Augusta national, you know, to, to, to showcase the amateur side of, of that tournament. And we're really excited to see the masters through the lens of a player who's like literally never played that golf course. 
and and you know what that would be like and what that's like for Japan and for you know Kaita and and that's going to be exciting and and then you know every uh, the, you know to just like have this happen in the year where like we get you know Country Club at Brookline and we get Southern Hills and we get St Andrews like for the first time you know, like it, this show happens we just get the St Andrews draw it's like it's amazing so we're we're very like lucky in that respect and excited and and um, you know we want we want like the people who watch the show to see all of those tournaments in a totally new way you know and 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 really like from the you know from the perspective of the players like this show is about those characters and about like the players themselves and I think there's been a lot of like great storytelling about you know all of those. I mean think about just the U.S. Open Brookline and the Francis Wilmette story and like you know it's like there's so much great history and context and myth-making around these venues, you know, St. Andrews, home of golf, you know, Augusta national, like, um, but really like we're, we're not, we're going to see what it's like from the player's perspective. Like I want to see what it feels like to walk out onto that first tee and, and put that peg in the ground and like go play the masters. Like, are you kidding me? That's going to be, it's going to be really exciting. So yeah. What, one more on enrollees and then, and then we'll just, finish it with Paul. I just wanted to ask, uh, were there any players that you were sort of precluded from pursuing because they may or may not be too heavily involved with uh, disruptor tours, other tours, this, the Obviously Saudi tour, the big, PGL? Big storyline in golf right now. Were there any other players <laughs> that maybe you were, that, that were not taken off the table because they may be too heavily involved? With other no, I mean, we were the producers of the show and, and, you know, part of that is like, nobody's telling us who we can and can't approach, you know? Um, and we've been really deliberate about, you know, that process of finding those players and building those relationships and, and, you know, having people understand what this really is and what it's going to be like. And, um, but no, there was no, there was no like, don't talk to so-and-so and that just hasn't, hasn't come up. Okay. And then Paul, just one more on process. I know you guys are disclosing timing and all, but drive to survive. Do you, are you building episodes? You, you collect all the footage all year and then you just, it's a sprint to make a 10 or however the episodes, how, how is that going to work with Drive to Survive? How will it work with this year and, and the PGA Tour partnership? Uh, Drive to Survive, we are, I mean, literally at the moment, we're locking episodes for season four. That's what um, I figured. Which is, I mean, every year it's just, you know, the, the season finishes in, what, December and then way that netflix you know they have to reversion everything and check translations takes time and so you just we have to turn around the, the last episodes of of drive survive really really quickly like really quickly and it's petrifying every year and christmas is a is a write-off every year you know because you're just <laughs> yeah. literally you're working like christmas eve and you know maybe take half a day off on christmas day but you're still thinking about it of like what are we gonna do how are we gonna what are we gonna do about that you know how are we gonna get that in and it's horrible like every december it's it's just terrible and chad's seen me i've come onto zooms and like had a terrible screening with netflix where they're just like we hate it and you're like what it's really good um but yeah it's a process listen these things are always processed and they're hard like this show will be hard you know because if they were easy you know anyone could do them and and they're not to do them well i think to do sports documentaries really really well is hard you know it, it takes and and you just gotta you know you just gotta keep striving 
for the the best version of of the story that you're trying to tell and you know there's no shortcuts so yeah it's um we're in the honeymoon period at the moment right we're, this this is the exciting part where you're like it's great we can do anything and we're going to be and like come talk to us in six months time seven months time you'll, you'll see you know you'll see two very different faces i'm sure but. <laughs> <laughs> paul, paul i got a, a quick question say say somebody that's listening they haven't watched drive to survive they haven't watched any of your work you know you we've talked a lot about sports documentaries and what you just said resonated me it's, it's hard to do sports documentaries well if if you were going to point them in direction of one piece of your work which one would it be to watch um, I get, we made this, we made a film about Steven Gerrard, right? Liverpool. And it was James, my business partner. He's a massive Liverpool fan. Right. And, and, mm-hmm. and so for him, it was like just a complete fanboy obsession. Let's make a, the opportunity came, make a film about, we're making that film. I'm a Southampton fan. I was like, <laughs> making a film about Steven Gerrard. Come on, come on. Like, you know, cause Steven's like amazing player really intense dude like really intense and not a lot of laughs there and i was like really we're gonna make this film about steven gerrard and i swear like it's one of my favorite things that we've made like because it's just because it's authentic and you watch it and this this guy if you don't know anything about steven gerrard he basically you know born in liverpool which is a a tiny you know not tiny but a small city in in the uk it's like a goldfish bowl and and he just felt this weight of responsibility to Liverpool. And he became not only Liverpool's best player, but the best player in, you know, that England had and Europe had. And and he just couldn't get them over the line to win the big one. And and got this close. And the, the day that, you know, the game that he went into where they could have won the title, it was his fault that they didn't win the title. Like, he slipped. He cost them the goal. And then he ended up going out to LA and... and just getting up, go and play for the Galaxy and get away from Liverpool as he could just to process what had happened to him. And we made this film and, and you know, it's great. You know, if you, if you love sport and you really, you know, you'll just get it. Even if you're not a soccer fan or you're a football fan, you know, you, the responsibility that he felt to carry that team and to carry, you know, the weight of expectation of that city, it, it's all there, you know, and... Like I say, you know, at first I was like, "What? We're going to make a film about Steven Gerrard? No one, no <laughs> one's going to watch that." But it, you know, it was great, and, and we're really pleased with it. So yeah, go check that out. I think it's on Amazon somewhere. All right, awesome, awesome. Uh, Chad, uh, Paul, thank you. I know you guys are very busy. Maybe not as busy as you said. You'll be in six months, but uh, we really appreciate it. Obviously. Just listening to you, you know, the whole golf world, we are personally. Chad said we're cynics. I don't know if we're that cynical, but um, we, we're we praise up. good stuff. You know? We're very excited. And this is only kind of reinforcing that excitement around this. So we really appreciate the time. Thanks, guys. Yeah, thank you, guys. 